welcome to the worship service of the Great Little Zion Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Murphy, and on behalf of our congregation, we welcome you to enjoy this worship experience. I know that you're going to have a great time today, so why don't you come and sit back, listen to the music ministry as they bless you with the word of God by way of music, and then we'll come back and share with you from God's word. Be blessed. Let's see what God has to say to you. Morning, Zion. We're just going to do you a little medley today. So just come on at your house, in your living room, and just worship with the Lord with us today.
This is our children's moment, and so to all my parents, I want to get you to invite all your children around the computer monitor that we might come together and share in God's word for our children. Today, we're going to say a brief word from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22, and verse 1 and 2. And here's what it says. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of his father David, nor did he turn aside to the right or to the left. My children, here is what I want to tell you today. Josiah is eight years old and he is the king of an entire nation. Now, you might say, he's eight years old, he's too young to be the king. Well, in the Bible days, most kings had sons, and when anything happened to the king, they pass away, their son would automatically be made king. That's what happened in this case of Josiah. His father Ammon died, and Josiah became the king. But here's what I want to say to you. He's only eight years old, but that's a message to you. Even though you may be eight years old or less or eight years old or more, dream big while you're in your youthful days. Think big. Expect big. Dream bigger than the world. Who knows? One day, you may be the king. You may be a doctor. You may be a lawyer. You may be anything your hearts desire. But just remember, you're never too young to dream big. This is Pastor Murphy saying to our children's moment, be blessed and watch God bless your life in a mighty way. Amen.
Thank you for being with us this morning. Join me, if you will, with your Bibles. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 12 through 17. 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 17, as we continue our exposition in John's letter to that Christian community to whom he writes. We're going today deal with the subject, This is a Reminder. 
this is a reminder. 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. For his name's sake, I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. Again, this is a reminder. And that's exactly what John has decided to do as he gave a full exposition about the themes that we had originally talked about at the beginning of this series. Remember, we said that John had provided for us three primary themes that would be existence throughout the letter. They were the theme of life, the theme of light, and the theme of love. Each of those are found in scripture. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 was the theme of life. Chapter 1, verse 5 through chapter 2, verse through verse 2 was the theme of light. And then in chapter 2, verses 3 through 11 was the theme of love. Each of these themes are going to be repeated throughout the letter as John unveils to us. But it's critical that we remember that John is trying to point us in a direction, I believe, that became the impetus for him when he walked with Jesus. And once again, as he finishes his discourse for us in the previous week, as he talked about love in verses 7 through 11 of chapter 2, as he talked about loving your brother and hating your brother and how you can't be walking in the light if there's hate in you, but in order to be in the light, there has to be love, else there's darkness that exists. Now, he shifts his entire focus back to the all-important emphasis on being a light in a dark world. As a disciple, he heard Jesus, no doubt, tell a group of followers in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, particularly verse 13 and 14, he remembered what Jesus had said to that crowd. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. When he made those two statements, he followed it up by giving them a commission in verse 16. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That struck John, I'm confident, 
it sat down in his psyche and it, be, it became ingrained theologically in his mind to the point that he remembered further listening to Jesus pronounce freedom in the life of a woman in his own record of John chapter 8 who no doubt was guilty of her crime but when she heard the words of Jesus she experienced liberation and John caught the whiff of that liberation as well go your way and sin no more John 8 verse 11 and immediately after that that episode no doubt John remembered listening to Jesus as he once again speaks to the crowd and says these words I am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life that struck John's spirit and the origin of that thought anchored itself in John's mind and he began to use I believe in this letter that light motif that spread it throughout that he might constantly bombard the mind of that Christian remember you are a light individual you were intended to produce life and he pushes this thing further by reminding them that you are in a world that is full of darkness and God has placed you there that you might likewise protrude out light illuminate in the space of that darkness that it might be transitioned remember they're being bombarded in not only a dark world but the dark ideology of Gnosticism which is trying to blanket the light that they know they've received from walking with Christ and they are trying to combat that evil that is coming before them and John is saying whatever you do don't allow anyone or anything or any teaching to extinguish your light that's shining for the kingdom so we go back to chapter 1 and again the beginning of verse of chapter 2 rather and we can see how this light idea comes to play in chapter 1 verse 1 through 4 he talks about the actuality of life he points us back to Jesus he says remember who Jesus was he was light himself and because you are in him now you are in light the actuality of the light in chapter 1 verse 5 through chapter 2 verse 2 now he talks about being associated because of the light we are associated because of the light because of Christ who is the light therefore we are lights of the world for the kingdom in chapter 2 verse 3 through 4 he talks about being aware of the light and I'm aware of the light because when it talks about love my love is con how should I say encouraged and is pushed by light because in me there is no darkness therefore I'm walking in the light and I am aware that there are those who may not know the light need the light and then in verse 12 of chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 we're going to get a glimpse here shortly into the accuracy of the light how it interprets the world in which we are a part but this light community needed to be reminded 
This is what John does. He brings remembrance to them. And every now and then we need remembrance of ourselves, of the elementary acts that God has done for us. And that is exactly what John does in this text. He reminds them that they are people of light, not darkness. And that because they are people of light, they are people of progress, people of growth. So watch what he says, beginning in verse 12. He begins to tell them that you who are youth in Christ, immature, spiritual children, but be reminded of two things, John says. He calls them little children because that's John's way of conveying his pastoral caring kind of mentality over the children, over the people. They are like a father and a son-child-daughter relationship. And so John says in verse 12, he says, little children, I'm writing to you. Here's the first thing. Because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And here's what he's saying. I want you to rejoice in the light of who you are because your sins have been washed away and forgiven. You have a new life in Jesus Christ. And no matter what they say, no matter what anyone attempts to say in regard to your relationship with Christ, you know that you know him. And because you know that you know him, you are assured that your sins have been forgiven. That's shouting news. That's victorious news that no matter what I have done, the past has been wiped away by the blood of Christ. That's what he says to us in verse 1 of chapter 2, that our sins have been washed away. Verse chapter 2, verse 2, he became the perpetuation for our sins. He washed them away. He paid the price. And in verse 12, John says, my little children, you've been forgiven. But then he says a second thing. Not only have you been forgiven, but look what he says in verse 13 and clause B. He says, I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. He says, I've written to you children because you know the Father. So not only have my sins been forgiven, he's telling them, but also, he says, remember, you have overcome evil. So whenever the temptation came to defer from that which God has given us direction to do, whenever Satan has come to try to trap or to ensnare or to throw you off the path to take you on a detour ride you overcame him now he's writing to little children because they're immature and yet they overcame because in your youthfulness sometimes just the mere vigorousness of your strength will get you out of many situations you have the strength to run and the strength to endure and the strength to fight and you may not have the intelligence in terms of spiritual maturity but you know how to fight you know how to resist and John says don't you forget how you have overcame evil but then he speaks to another group of people it's the second group he calls them the matured. Look what he says in verse 13 in clause A. He says, I'm writing to you fathers 
because you know him who has been from the beginning. He says, you've got a history with God. You need to be reminded sometimes of the great things that God has done in your journey and don't forget no matter what the evil one brings you've been able to overcome and every time a temptation or a challenge come you've been victorious because you know the relationship that you have with God and you know what God has done in the past it's almost like David when he is ready even out of his own youthful ignorance to go down and fight Goliath but he knows what God has done in the past. Help him fight the bear, help him fight the lion and his belief is no matter how big the giant is, the giant is not larger than my God. And I want you to understand this morning that no matter what your challenge is, no matter what burden you may be carrying, no matter what hurdle you're trying to overcome, no matter what valley you're trying to come out of, it is not bigger than your God. Remember what God has done for you in the past. And that's what he speaks to these fathers who are the more matured Christians. And they're still maturing, they're still growing. He speaks to them and he also calls them in, chapter, in verse 14 in clause B, he calls them young men. Look what he says. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and once again, you have overcome the evil one. That's important because John again is conveying the light is illuminated in you from the motivation of the word of God. Because in the word is where you find the strength to overcome. And that's why John would later write in this same book, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world because we overcome the world by our faith in the power of God's word. And once again, I remind you, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you have to sow seeds in your life and the seed sowing is the reading of the word that it might take root in your spirit and in due season, you reap the reward of sowing the seed of the word. That's Mark chapter four. And then John says a third thing. He talks about separating yourself from the world. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, don't love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is, here's the phrase, passing. It's passing away. And all of it's lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. And so John says, let me once again remind you of three critical things. Number one, you have been pardoned from your sins. Chapter 2, verse 12. 
You've been pardoned. You've been forgiven. Rejoice in the fact that your sins have been washed away. You have been pardoned no matter what you have done. When you accepted Christ as Savior, his blood pardoned you from your sins. Number two, you are a progressive Christian. You are constantly growing. Go back to chapter 2, verse 13. Look at clause A. Why? Because I know God. I'm constantly reminded that I know God. That's what he says. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him and you've known him from the beginning. Starting out in this race. And you should progressively be growing in your walk with God. Progressively growing also because in clause B of verse 13, you are an overcomer. Remember we said that earlier? I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. We have won some victories. There are many more to be won. And then in verse 14, clause B, John says in your progressive growth, you got to keep growing because you are strong. See what he says in verse 14, clause B, I have written to you young men because you are strong. And what makes you so strong is the word of God that brings you through the valley of the shadow of death. and That teaches you how to walk uprightly and boldly and confidently as you walk through the trials of life. Then there's a third thing John said I want to remind you of, and that is partnership. When you read verses 12, 13, and 14, there's a partnership between the child or children, young Christians, the young man, maturing Christians, and the father, the matured. It's a partnership because it's a community of faith and that community of faith walks in partnership one with the other. John is one of those writers who convey unto us that it's important that we understand the incredible impact of one another. Each one of these needs reach back and help assist the previous that they may grow in their walk, become victorious in their walk, and then make their preparation to assist others as well. This, says John, is my reminder. And I want to say to you this morning, it's a reminder. No matter what you are going through and no matter how your life is now, keep in your mind, my sins are forgiven. I'm free in Christ. I'm a new creation because I am a light. But not only that, I'm a progressive grower. And I may not do everything right every day, but I'm growing in grace. That's why Paul says we're working out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. And John calls us to separate ourselves from the influence of the world. In fact, not only John, but other biblical writers. Paul in Galatians 3 and 1 says, set your desires on the things above where Christ sit, not on the things of the world. He says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world, but let your mind be renewed. 
And sometimes we have to be reminded of how blessed we are in spite of where and what we're going through. You are a light. Don't let anyone extinguish that light. Don't let anything extinguish that light. Keep shining. Even in the valley, be the flicker of hope that someone may need to see from the distance of the mountaintop. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time in the word. May somebody today remember not only who they are, but whose they are in you. And may they be able to walk in the midst of where they are victoriously and trust that your word as it goes out, it never returns void. But they will be victorious. If there's someone listening to this word today who need to know what it means to be a born again believer or how, here it is, Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If they only confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that you have raised him from the dead, salvation is theirs. Thank you for that simplistic mode of simply confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. And today, somebody's name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, I hope that this is a day in which is a new beginning for you. We certainly like to hear that here at the Great Little Zion Baptist Church. If you have made that decision to trust Christ today, give us a call. Let us know what your decision has been, that we might rejoice with you, and that also we might invite you to become a part of this church family, that we might be your pastor and people, and you in return would become a part of this mix. We further want to thank each of you who have been so kind in supporting the ministry. Thank you for your contribution. And as always, we encourage you now to go and to make your tithes and offering contribution, whether it be by text through phone or by e-giving by way of our church website or by mailing in your contribution. We receive them with great thanksgiving. This is Pastor Murphy saying, have a blessed, wonderful day in the Lord. And remember, God loves you. And so do I. Always expect that the best is yet to come. Be blessed as we move forward in kingdom business. In his name, amen.